Welcome back, adventurer. Care for another story? One of a hero's triumph against darkness? A dragon's journey of self-discovery? Or perhaps two souls' quests to find unity? Well, pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi everybody and welcome to The RPG Show, episode 34. My name's Brent, I'm your host. This is the show we rate, review, and talk about RPG things. With me today, I have two madmen of maleficent malevolence. And since that's redundant, I'll go with that. Uh, first up, we have Nick. Just target the next one, Gantner. How's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. How y'all doing? I'm doing excellent. Next up, we have Anderson. Boring-ass dialogue powers. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. You know, just keeping it real. Keeping it real. Uh, Anderson is the, uh, the uh, right after, I guess you would say, like, because O'Blaine from, from uh, like, uh, is it worth it? Like, he's, the, he's like the first guy to talk to us. Anderson's number two, so we call him Noef, the original fan. Uh, so, an original <laughs> uh, forum contributor, too. So, uh... We brought, you know, asked him to come on, see what he wanted to be a part of, and he said Golden Sun, so that's why he's here, because, I mean, it's Golden Sun, right? Sure is. Uh, so tell us a minute uh, or two about your history with RPGs, and uh, sort of like where, how you got into playing RPGs as a genre, like some of your favorite titles. It doesn't have to be too crazy uh, in depth, but just kind of give us a general idea of about uh, what you like to play. Uh, sure. Um, I guess it all started when my brother got a copy of Final Fantasy VII for his birthday, and we would both play it on and off again. We'd take turns playing through it, and we must have played through the Shinner Tower about 20 times. We could never beat the guy at the end of the little mo- motorcycle minigame. And, uh, well, that was my first RPG I ever played, uh-huh. and I loved it. Uh, I'll never forget when, uh, you know, Eris died in the game. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, 7 was my first RPG. And from there, I figured I need to play more games like this because this was great. It, the story really got me. So uh, that's where it all started, really. I can't remember what game I played next or okay. anything like that. What are some of your favorite uh, your favorite RPGs? Uh well, Final Fantasy VII of course. Yeah. Uh, I like six. Okay. Golden Sun, uh, Bat and Kados, as you guys know probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We always always count on the Bat and Kados submission from from <laughs> from Anderson. <laughs> um, Fire Emblem's another series I love. Okay. Big fan of that. Yeah. No, everybody loves Fire Emblem. Amazing. We're right there with you. And uh, except the new shit. Except the new one. Yeah, we didn't care too uh-huh. much for that one. Yeah, I haven't even played that one myself yet. No, oh, well, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hurry on on Save that the money. Yeah. Um. So no, that's that's <laughs> awesome. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um. So we can uh, talk about Golden Sun. But before we get into that, uh, we do have a new review. Well, it's a new review. Old reviewer, our old buddy Minthian, our Swedish super fan, left us a second review on the iTunes Store in Sweden. Uh, he says this will be legendary. Five stars. Soon up to date with the episodes. Been awesome to listen to from the start. Great evolution and good work getting different guests to get uh, different views. Looking forward to future episodes. Thank you, Minthian. Uh, we appreciate that review. So, for those who don't know, if this is your first time listening, every episode we do a review, we break this bitch down into uh, a number of categories. We have gameplay, story, visuals, 
music, replayability, and overall experience. And we go through, discuss each of those aspects, give them a score, one through five, um, with some half scores in there because we decided we wouldn't do that instead of a 10-point system. Whatever. Uh, And, yeah, that's basically it. That's how we do the shindig. So uh, first up is gameplay. Um, Now, Golden Sun is a... It's a turn-based RPG. I mean, uh, it's pretty it's pretty standard fare as far as that goes. But um, the where what makes it unique, at least in my eyes, is the uh, puzzle like uh, dungeon atmosphere. So you and each character or all the characters really unlock these psi energies where um, they can affect things on the screen, whether they move them, push them, pitch switches, uh, summon pillars to jump on, grow vines. There's tons of, uh, plat. I would say almost like platformer-esque puzzles across the entirety of the game. Um, and for me, that was a, a part that I really enjoyed, uh, as far as before you even step into combat, I really enjoyed the um, puzzle and exploration aspect of the game. Uh, what about you guys? How do you guys feel about the outside of combat stuff that you have to do? Uh, Nick? Uh, I greatly enjoy it. I enjoyed the having to mix up the the gin on your characters. Like It was kind of a puzzle within the puzzle of the game, like mm-hmm. finding which combination of gin on which characters will give you like which um like synergy or synergy rather i always want to say synergy but synergy to like do whatever task you need like you need to put like uh earth the gin on a fire on garrett to get growth or vice versa and stuff like that and i thought that add a little bit of experimentation to the game Uh, i also really enjoyed the just the variety of ways that they put the the couple different synergies you had to use together, like, like you have to douse a fire to uh, freeze an ice puddle or a water puddle to make it a, a pillar that you can climb later on or whatever like that, stuff like that. Like it, it took a little bit of thinking. It wasn't just like hold your hand kind of baby stuff. Sometimes. Right. Uh, what about you, Anderson? How did you feel about it? Uh, I really loved it. It uh, the puzzles, you know, they never felt too hard. You know, take a little couple minutes to think about it and you figure it out. Uh, I also liked the the uh, the gins swapping them around. I usually just kept the same element on the characters, and it boosted their stats like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Yep, <laughs> uh, um, Nick, Nick kind of said everything I wanted to say too. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the gins. The gins are these um, magical creatures that are present in the world due to uh, events that take place in the the prologue of the game. Um, And your characters find them, and then you bind them to each of your characters. I believe each character has uh, six or seven slots. Um, And there are four types. There are, uh, based on elements, they call them like Venus, Mars, Mercury, and Jupiter. Um, But it's fire, earth, air, and water, essentially. and you essentially you bind these to the characters to affect their stats, their class, their spells, so on and so forth um, as you unlock them. Now, not all of them, very few of them actually are actually given to you. You have to do quite a bit of searching to find them and unlock them. Um, it and they're kind of s- tricky because they can be in different places, like there's some on the world map, some in dungeons, some in yep. towns. They're, they're, the, it, it is a nice um, distribution of how you find them. Like, they're not all found one way or the other. Like, there's lots of different ways that you find them and unlock them. Um, and before I talk about it, uh, how I feel about that system, um, Anderson, so how do you feel like the gen system stacks up against other uh, magic learning systems? So like, you know, you said you like FF7, you have, so you have the materia that you equip and learn skills from um, like uh, you have the jobs um, in a lot of final fantasy games as well. There are across RPGs as whole. There's a lot of different ways to unlock and gain abilities for characters. How do you feel the gen system works out in the grand scheme of things? How do you feel about it? Anderson? Uh, I think it's pretty great, actually. It feels like it's unique to this game in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of any uh, 
RPG I've played that's had a system like this where you equip these little creatures that change your abilities, boost your stats, your classes. And I think it's one of the game's strongest points to me. Yeah, um, and I, I think I'm I'm with you in that I agree it's one of the strong points of the game in that it, um, especially, even though like I do believe it can be a little convoluted, um, to learn, especially with the, like you, um, use them to cast an ability and then you, you can then use that floating energy, if you will, to cast a summon and yeah. then they re-equip to you. Um, I feel like that system is probably a little more complicated than it needs to be. I think there's probably, how better... is it complicated? It's literally, you, you set the, you set the gin, like you use it yes. and it gives you the floating energy and then one turn I'm after not you saying, set the gin. I'm not saying that it, it re- I, I'm not saying that it is ultimately bad. I'm just saying that it could have been easier. Like cuz it did take me a few times to realize what was going on cuz it's not explained that great what you're doing yeah. there. Um I think that it could have been a either explained better or executed better. But as a whole, like I I do believe that the gen system um is pretty good. It's pretty fun to, to organize. Um, it is a, you know, this is a, like a mobile, a handheld title. So, um, what they can do as far as systems in place is limit or, or limited to space, which we'll get to. When we definitely talk about in story. So, um, it just feels like, uh, that system probably could have been, I would, I would have liked to see it be a little more robust, like, uh, like certain things like sticking with your character after, you know, you've had, you know, particular gen with them for so many levels, like they could, you know, unlock a special ability or something based on that gen. You can move them around and you could just spend more time in the game learning things instead of, you know, just kind of equipping them and then only really shifting them to unlock the psi energies or, um, or for whatever other reason you want. Um, yeah, I, I really love the summons in the game. Uh, cause I know they, they tell you that you can use the gen, you use their powers Mm-hmm. And then you can summon them, but then you know they go on standby. You have to wait a turn or two, and uh, they become active again. Yep. And I, I just think it's great. <laughs> yeah, some of the um, the four tier uh, summons are really cool. Some, like a lot of them are just really cool. Um, I think some of the, some of them that look kind of silly. Like what is it the the third tier Earth summon kind of looks silly to me. Like oh, the, the frog! It's like the frog with the trees. It's like almost like it wants to be Venusaur, but not not nearly as cool. Um, I know the. Uh, I think it's the four star Mercury summon. Reminds me of uh, Alexander from Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that a lot. Um, and you know, so I mean, it's it's a functional system. Uh, so, what are your feelings on the Gen system, Nick? Um, I think the gen system is phenomenal. Like there, I would say there are probably other games where you get something similar, at least where you equip, equip or switch around, uh, like accessories, maybe or like some kind of sphere or something. Like I almost want to say like materia, where depending on what you equip on what character, you get unlock different spells or whatever like that. But it's a bit more, uh, I want to say random, but you know, it's got, it's. It's unpredictable because you don't know what you're getting until you put the gen on a certain character, like how that influences them and their class and whatever like yeah. that. Um, I will say though, my first first couple times I played the game, I always kept the same gen on the same character. I kept them the same element. Mm-hmm. But the last time I played, I mixed it up and tried out something else. And I felt like if you really get into the system, you can you can find some really unique and strong classes that will will, will make your characters perform differently than the way you expect like Isaac and Garrett are like the big tanky warrior characters Garrett more so tanky Isaac more so damage. Uh, like damage based then you got Ivan who's more magically uh, like the mage character and then you have Mia the healer but depending on how you arrange the gin, you can make Ivan more uh, tanky or Mia more attack physically attack focused they're not going to be as good in that archetype as they are supposed to be but you can still mix it up and kind of make your characters be able to perform a bit more variety in their abilities than just being straightforward one-trick ponies. Yeah, no, and I, I think I, I agree with you that um, the system uh, almost, not quite, but almost falls into the um, the easy-to-play, hard-to-master um, mantra 
of there are lots of little nooks and crannies that are uh, I think could potentially be exploitable in that system um, but unfortunately the way we play games for the show there's no way I would have had time to fully uh, round it out and play with everything the way I wanted to um, but no that's um, that's a legitimate uh, argument to be made now as far as uh, outside of the gen system as far as how combat works um, I think it's pretty your pretty typical fare aside we already discussed how you can um, use uh, a gen and it'll do some sort of ability whether it be heal damage buffs debuffs that kind of thing you find a lot of those spells in that sort of category and then you can summon them back in addition to you have your typical spells that fall into like they're either single target they target three they target five or they target like seven like there's multiple ranges on each of the abilities um you use pp which is always kind of like why <laughs> why name like in grade school why why pp um but uh as your mana point, uh, most I felt like everything worked fairly well. Um, the exception to that is I really wish when I'm just auto attacking through some of these simple battles, it would just attack the next thing in line. Like I, I agree with you on that. The whole uh, the target's dead, so now my character defends is bullshit. Like this game came out uh, in the 2000s. There's no reason that that should be a mechanic in place ever again. <laughs> like that's so bad. Don't do that. Um, but it does. <laughs> so um, you have to, you know, kind of pay attention through some of those, uh, those random battles, the game short enough to the point where I don't think it ultimately became a driving force for negativity in my world. Like I didn't like, I wasn't, you know, throwing my game boy around like, God damn it. Just attack the next thing. Um, but it was definitely frustrating. Uh, outside of that, I mean, how did you guys feel about the battle system, Nick? I I love the battle system. I like the simplicity of it, sort of. Like, you are in combat, it's all turn-based, not action, uh, not active time battle, nothing like that. It's my favorite part of the genre. Mm -hmm. Just, it, you can plan, you can go all the way to the end. You can plan out a series of moves, how you want the game, like, the battle to flow. You get to the last character, you're like, mm, actually, let me change my mind. So you go all the way back, you replan a strategy, you change things up mid in the middle of the battle. I, it's, I, I love that feeling of being able to employ some kind of strategy and then see it be enacted. They're like, There's even some stupid exploits you can do, like when you have the two Jin that, I think it's Flash and Granite, where you just have one set on two different, like you have them set on two different characters, you do Granite, one turn, then you have the other character do whatever attack, and then the next turn you have them flash, and then you reset granite, and then you just go back and back and forth, and you pretty much reduce all damage to your characters every single turn for the rest of the encounter. It's kind of boring, but it's something that you can do, and I like that that you can mix things up, you can make new strategies, you can do all kinds of whatever. Like I almost feel like it's if you if you really invest time in it, it's almost like there's a high cap to what you can actually accomplish in the game mm -hmm. uh, gameplay wise and that's something that I really enjoy okay uh, do you have any thoughts on the battle system in general there uh, Anderson uh, I think it's great you know uh, I love the fact that you know you have a character do an attack and you go down and you get to your fourth character and you want to change your mind so you can go back um, the only thing I really don't like about it is the whole auto defending when an enemy's dead that can get annoying after a while. I found myself just uh, pressing A as fast as I could to get through some of the battles because I knew I could kill them quick enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to waste the time selecting individual targets. I, I'd gladly take a hit just to get it over quicker. Okay. But uh, I thought it was great. Uh, Jen's Jen system in the fights was great. Uh, I really loved the magic in it. Some of the magic was awesome. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I, I, um, and one more thing I'd like to add as far as I really do like the, uh, like the way the targeting works for magic in this game, where you have four targets, you may have an AOE, AOE spell, it's going to primary one, secondary two, um, 
so you have to kind of select where you're hitting these abilities if you really want to wipe things out in one turn. I think it adds a level of strategy to it without being overly frustrating or overly broken like, uh, like say, all Materia is. All Materia is incredibly broken. So um, I think it... I don't know. I just I really enjoyed the. Uh, I'm with you. I enjoyed the variety of spells. Like I felt like the there were plenty of spells that were varied enough, so that it didn't get boring. But that could also come from the overall length of the game. Um, do we have any other thoughts as far as as gameplay goes? I mean, we covered uh, the puzzle mechanics. We covered Jen, um, the battle system as a whole. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot else to talk about as far as um how the game actually plays um i really love the uh well what i found was fun was running around towns and just using mind read on everybody yeah that's uh, some of the stuff they were thinking about was great yeah uh, especially like there's a there's a few of them where it's like uh especially if you mind read a person that you got to talk to but there it's not like uh it's not triggering the event by mind reading they'll be like well, if somebody would talk to me, I would certainly tell them something important. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like stuff like that makes me laugh. So, yeah, I think uh, my favorite one was that I know there was a monk in a town and you talk to him and he talks about, you know, keeping your mind focused to reach enlightenment. And when you use mind read on him, it's just, you know, dot, 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 dot. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there, there's lots of cool mind reads. Um, I would, I, I would have appreciated, uh, like, sort of maybe some sort of pull up radial for the psi energies because as it stands you really can only bind them to the left and right uh bumpers right so l and r um i would have appreciated like if you hold down l l or r like then it brings up like a like a radial menu that you then select with the d-pad or something so you could fully like say set eight eight psi energies to to a quick bar um i would have liked that as like a thing that i could do um, but I understand space is limited, um, on these little carts. So that's yeah, fun. but for the amount of stuff they got into this game, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I think they fit a fair amount into, uh, uh, you know, these little, um, GBA, this little GBA cart. So, um, I think that's, so let's, let's go ahead and give it scores. Um, Nick, what are you going to score it for gameplay? Uh, I'm giving it five. All right. Anderson, what about you? I'm giving it a five as well. Um, like I know y'all's big hiccup was the defense thing, but I felt like it was a uh, like a training mechanism. Like it, they're training you to choose your attacks better and optimize the way you play. Yeah, well, I I don't think that argument's valid in games with 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 as many random battles as RPGs do. Like, because you are going to run through areas where it's it's five fucking mobs that you can you know halfway one hit you know with a melee character and you're just you're making things more difficult than they need to be because in your, your hard so your argument is uh, half of an rpg is button mashing a to get through random battles no not even half i would say i would say much less than that because i mean it's not going to happen that often because when an area is new when mobs are challenging then yes you're going to use your abilities you're going to plan to your fullest um, but it, I don't think, especially some of the hardest fights, especially in this game, they're single target fights. So you're not really training me. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you're not training me for, I'm saying you're not training me for anything. You're just making me not make this faster, go faster. I just have to agree to disagree then. Mm, that's well, fun. I know, uh, the whole defense thing. I was going to you know, give it a 4.5, but then I thought about it for a minute and said they could have easily just had the characters stand there and do nothing. But the fact that they actually made them defend, I was like, ah, oh, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, I still think they could have easily selected the next target to attack. Um, you know, and it's not a big enough gripe for me to get really upset about. Um, so, I mean, you know... The puzzles and the the way you learn stuff in this game is more than enough to overcome it. It's just is you know it's 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 a point of discussion because it's it has been proven that that you know it's much better not to do that in a game. Yeah, because you know, and for sure you think why didn't they just have them auto attack instead of defend? But who knows? Who knows? Who cares? I'm giving it a five. We're moving on um, to story. So. The main gist of the story is uh, 
there's this power in this land called alchemy and it's been sealed away and now um they've broken to the chamber stole all these elemental stars and they need to relight the right lighthouses and bring alchemy back to the world and um your two main antagonists kidnap your uh old man friend and your your little lady friend and essentially uh dare you to chase them because you have one of the you have the mars star the only one that they don't have um and you essentially chase them all across the world uh attempting to stop them until the end of the game in which you um kind of find out that yeah you probably should be lighting the lighthouses but um to me at least my major point of contention in this story is that uh there are a lot of things that you do for nothing or um that feel really tangential to the story at hand and more so than you know your average game where there's plenty of little deviations in the story where you go do something else but when it's a you know 12 hour game and 60 percent of what you do is uh, we should probably help these guys before we, you know, chase down the world-ending evil that we think's happening. Or, um, even better, where they're like, uh, yeah, this big thing's going on here. We've just revealed to you that this is, all this shit's happening right here. But we're going to handle it. You just go do your thing. You really can't help us right now. And <laughs> that, to me, feels really, really silly, um, is the best thing I think I could, I could say about it, um... And I felt like the the dialogue really got clumped up because they were trying to tell this main story. So what happens is anytime there's anything going on with, since you're doing all these extra things that isn't really revealing anything for the main plot, um, and if it is, it's very small or um, sort of ex- extraneous detail, and that when you do get to these big points, like there were sequences that, I felt like it was 30 minutes of goddamn dialogue where they're like, in the number of times they would say, wait, so he means this or they mean that? And they would repeat the same thing, not to mention the useless yes or no dialogues <laughs> that doesn't matter what you hit because your your buddy, uh, Garrett, is just going to repeat whatever you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, or whatever the correct thing is that they need for the party to move on plot-wise. So, some of that stuff was, was agitating and it made me get a little bored with what was going on. Um, I think if the gameplay hadn't been so fun, um, then I would have had a much worse time with this game as far as story is concerned. Because I, I just didn't care. As far as um, what was happening uh, story-wise, um, not to say that it was bad. I just feel like the presentation was poor. Um, and especially since uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but the next game is the direct sequel. Like, you're legitimately following... Like, this game ends on a, well, what do we do now kind of situation where the, the entire game hypes you up to this this final conflict that doesn't actually get resolved in the first game fully. It's kind of a, a like almost a, a a hollow ending, but not so. I mean, it doesn't feel terrible, but at the same time, it's not it's not fully rewarding, and it continues directly into the next game. So it feels like they had much more story they wanted to put in, and were limited by the size of the you know game cart or whatever. And I feel like a lot of that could have been solved by not making me do a bunch of stupid side quests that weren't really relevant to anything. <laughs> like, uh, you could have streamlined a lot of that um, to make it important. But instead, we spend, uh, you know, an hour to two hours fucking with some tree. Like, for, for that has no real impact other than telling you to go to the next lighthouse to, to cure the to cure the people. So, uh, well, I, I know in the game, the tree, he tells you if he were to die, then all the forest will die and everyone will die. But it yeah, did just feel like a way to I get, tell you where to go next. I get that, that, uh, they, they reason what you're doing there by telling you, um, if he dies, all the forests die. But if they hadn't put the tree in to begin with, then that would have never been a plot point. Like, we would have never had to go there. We could have just been like, oh, I know where the next lighthouse is. How do we get there? And you go to the lighthouse. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
I, I, it does make the world feel bigger. I will give it that. Like all these little side quests does make the world feel lived in. Um, but when you're trying to tell a, a story on this scope in such a, a condensed um, time frame, um, I don't know if it serves the game or not. But um, so tell me how um, some of the things that worked for you and didn't work for you in the story, um, Anderson. Um. Well. I think the story is great as a whole. Um, I really hate how they had to split it into two games because the end does kind of feel like a, uh, well, what's going to happen next? And But besides that, I think going to all these different locations and just doing small side quests or side events, I thought it was all right. Uh, it felt just like filler to me. You know, you'd go to a place... Um, I think there's a town that's completely submerged in water mm-hmm. and you have to go around killing these these monsters that are just throwing water up. And I really I really liked that. I thought that was, you know, disgusting how it's basically monster vomit that you're getting rid of. But, you know, you beat it and you get an item that helps you progress the story. Um and then the place you go to after that, you know, it's just more side quest. Maybe every once in a while they'll mention hey we got to go find these guys we're supposed to be chasing them but um i could have done with less side stops mm-hmm. for sure yeah uh, if they had more instances where let's say you arrive to a village and you see the uh the two baddies you see them doing something like if they were to yeah, like start a lot a, of start some yeah start some disaster. That's an excellent point. It. Like if you would come to that town where everything is flood, just in time to see them unleash these Hydra statues onto these people, then you would have it would have felt more connected for me to be there stopping these Hydra statues. That's an excellent point. Yeah, and you but know, they weren't responsible for that. So yeah, but they could have been to make it feel more connected, other than just giving me the lift spell. Well, I know there's one point where they cause an avalanche and it makes you have to go around through a. I think actually go to that town, go through some mine tunnels to get around it. Um, but if they had more instances like that, you know, you'd feel the need to, you know, oh, we got to help these people. We got to do it quick so we can stay on their tail. We don't want to fall behind. Okay. Um, I never felt like there was any urgency to hurry and find these people, you know, because you're stopping all the time. Until you get to the end of one of these side quests and they're like, wait, don't you have something more important you should be doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be chasing uh, these people who have my friends. So, um, hold on. Who's fucking texting me in the middle of the show? God damn it. I'm going to turn that down. Um, but, no. So, all right. So, those are, what, what sort of things work for you specifically in this story? Uh... Let's see. It's kind of hard to pinpoint. Um, hmm. Well, I like the fact that you're chasing these people down. I'm, I've kind of always been a fan of that, you know, cliche little storytelling style. You got to chase someone around the world and you uh, stop and visit all these locations. Uh, I'm not really sure. You want to go first on that, Nick? Yeah, what, what are some things that work for you in the story, Nick? Um, all right, so the big thing that I enjoyed in the story is the fact that we're actually the villains. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because little you don't you don't really learn to the end, but we they are actually trying to stop the world from ending, and for whatever reason, the stupid circle stone thing doesn't mention that at all. Like the sector like, thing. Uh, I, oh, I, the wise one. Yeah, I yeah. understand um, that, and I think that is a like a cool twist, but at the same time, it. It, to me, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because why wouldn't they just fucking say that? Like, I agree. Like, it would have, the whole game doesn't even need to happen if they had just said, hey, the world's ending, we really got to do this thing, instead of coming off as these ominous a holes that want to kidnap and kill people. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, well, I, I haven't finished the Lost Age, but I'm pretty sure that that's revealed. Like, something happens at the end of the game in that one to let you know why they were being assholes or whatever. Okay. Because, like, they all come from the Mars town or, what, or whatever because they're all fire adepts. And even the, the villains of the second game are fire adepts. 
So something, I don't remember what exactly, like, I don't know what exactly it is, but something I'm assuming is revealed to let you know why they're stupid assholes or whatever. Uh, I can't remember what it is either. Actually, um, I ended up playing the first game, or the second game first. I didn't know it was a sequel, so I was confused as hell when it started. And um, the second game is, I'm, it's just great. I'm sorry. It's, I get thinking about the second game, and I'm how much better it is than the first one, how much more stuff there is to do. Just, yeah. Well, there's like twice as many gin. The the world's like three or four times bigger. You actually get it on a boat. And then, but we're not talking about that game, though. So. Yeah, we're not talking about that game. So what are some of the things that didn't work for you, Nick? Um, just mainly the fact that uh, the 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 villain's motivations aren't really revealed like until the very end, and then they kind of it's like oh plot twist kind of thing. Like like you said, that's really unnecessary. Like if they wanted him to be the villains, they should have villainized them. Like you guys were saying, like had them terrorize towns, had them uh, just be ruthless. Like their like their personalities are ruthless, but then they don't do ruthless things. Mm-hmm. They could they could have killed the heroes at the beginning of the game. They're like, oh, what are you doing at Creighton's house? And we're like, oh, we're doing a field trip, whatever. And they're like, we'll let you go this time. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> just, just kill them if you're gonna be you. You try to kill them when they were kids. Just kill them. And like, it's such, uh, fuck. I don't remember the word, but it's I guess it's like di diachronism, something like that, where they their actions and their words are completely polar opposite. Like. They they beat up Isaac and Garrett. They beat up children, and then then they save Felix. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's but, right. Like, yeah. But I, I understand why because they need uh like the Venus adept. They need the uh Mars adept. They need the Mercury adept. They need the Jupiter adept to get into the tower, the lighthouses. But mm-hmm. like, it's not it's not fully explained in any capacity. Nothing really is like. Like they're, like it's like here's a plot things 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 are happening and they all kind of clash with each other and it makes kind of a jarring experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean I like the lore, the world building, and all that stuff that they do. It's just like it feels like they were got really ambitious and really couldn't capitalize on on as well as they they should have. Yeah, um, and I'm right there with you. Um, so um, we'll go ahead and score it uh, for story. You know. Like I said, it really didn't grab me. I thought some of the world building was cool. Um, some of the world-based um, justifications of the mechanics, so like the different types of adepts, where the gen come from, all that was was cool. But like I said, these giant slogs of dialogue kind of bored me, <laughs> to be honest. So um, it, ultimately, as high as I can only give it a three for story. Um, what are you going to give it, Anderson? Uh, I'm going to give it a three as well because, um, you know, what we all just said, you know, the enemies, they don't really make a lot of sense, you know, because of what they do in the game and kind of because they had to split the game into uh, two different games. It's one story combined, but uh, yeah, I give it a three as well. All right. What about you, Nick? This is going to be one of those reviews where we all just give the same score for everything. So I'm giving it a three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, I mean, it's pretty, It's it, this game, I feel like, is really clear cut on its strengths and its weaknesses. Like, it's it's really, it's really not, like, some of it's really not open to that much interpretation. It does this good and it does that bad. So, I mean, it is what it is, but we'll keep going. Um, next. Well, um, well, well, right before we move on, I wanted to mention, uh, you know, you go to an item shop or a weapon shop. Mm-hmm. You buy a new weapon, buy new armor. I really love how the game asks you, do you want to equip it now, and do you oh, want to yeah. sell me your old armor? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we should cover that in gameplay. That's, like, every time it, anytime it does that, it's like, oh, thank you. I love you. Oh, and Especially you're because let me sell your the inventory is like 20 fucking slots. Yeah, it's it, the inventory is is mediocre at best. Um, I didn't I didn't run into too many problems because a lot of I felt like a lot of items were unnecessary, so I just sold a bunch of shit. Um, but anyway, uh, on to visuals. Um, Nick, what are some things that worked for you visually in this game? All right, so as we all know, 2D sprite-based games are like my favorite. Uh, I, the, it all it all worked for me. The battle animations, the magic attack animations, the weapon unleashes, 
the way that the camera zooms in and out on your character when they're like they're doing attacks on enemies, the way that the synergy looks, the way that the environments look. Uh, it just it all like it all has its like unique character to it, and it's something that I really enjoy looking at. Okay, what are some things that didn't work for you then? Uh, mainly, I guess due to the limitations of the hardware, just uh, some of the like some of the locations all look the same, like caves all look the same, mm-hmm. uh, towns all had the same uh, sprite set. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like the face, the portraits, mm-hmm. I guess were kind of low quality, I guess. Okay. Um, for me, things that worked, I thought a lot of the design work on the characters and the enemies were outstanding. The spell effects were amazing. Um, that kind of thing. All those things really worked for me. I really liked them. Um, things that didn't work for me, I'm right there with you. There's a lot of recycled sprites, um, sprite sets as far as, you know, like towns, caves, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, recolors on enemies was frequent. Uh, the outside of combat animations felt kind of meh at best. Like, it's either, it either shakes or scrunches or makes the little face fucking icon. Like, every time something happens they're just well <laughs> just make that face and uh you know so i mean yeah i mean that's kind of where i'm at i mean i i liked the spells the summons all looked amazing uh but you know it likely our grievances are due to a limitation on the hardware um what about you anderson how what worked for you and what didn't work for you visually <clears throat> in this game um pretty much almost everything worked for me I thought the battle animations were great, you know, the spell animations. Um, I really loved the designs of the Jins or the Jins. I'm not sure how you say that. Um, I, I thought think the it's character- Jin because it's based off of, like, the genie, Jin. Yeah, I, I think that too as well. Uh, the portraits- I always add the D, though, because I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm the same way with, uh, is it Synergy or Psy Energy? I don't know how you per- or supposed to uh, pronounce that. I think it's Psy Energy, but uh, it could easily be Synergy. I think I think me and my wife had that. She's like, I always thought it was Synergy. I'm like, well, it looks like Psy Energy to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably because Synergy is in a real word, and we're just like, oh, it's definitely just our brains are like, that's how you pronounce this thing that looks like this word that we know. Yeah, and, no. and they're obviously using psychic powers, so like the fantasy thing it would be called would be Psy Energy, but that word definitely looks like Synergy. With a P. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the portraits, some were great. I thought the, the main character's portraits were all right. Uh, some of the NPCs, uh, it seemed like they didn't have a lot of ideas, so they had a lot of similar-looking ones to me. Uh, well, I don't it might know. be the safe space on the cart, because if you just have the one sprite you can pull multiple times, mm-hmm. it's better memory-saving or whatever than having to pull multiple sprites on the same page yeah. like the, yeah. the scene i guess whatever we'll store the sprite on the card at that uh i thought the the world map uh i thought it looked all right uh i didn't expect anything too great because it's a game boy game um the environments i thought thought looked pretty good as well mm-hmm. um honestly i think the fights are what did it for me i, I thought the battle animations were the best in the entire game um, I will tell you this: the game looks great on a Game Boy. All right, so if you're playing it on a Game Boy, it looks great. But um, the way they did a lot of the uh, artwork and modeling and stuff does not scale well. So, like, um, initially, I was just gonna—I own the game. It's over there, and the, like, it's in a box with my Game Boy and all my Game Boy games. And I was like, I don't want to dig that out. I'll just emulate the thing. It scales terribly. Not like a game like Advance Wars or um, some other games for the Game Boy with really sort of vibrant, individualized sprites. This one tries to fade it all together and give you like that real uh, JRPG look. Um, and so on a Game Boy, it looks it looks great. Um, it just doesn't scale well. Like I know there's a Wii U Virtual Console version, and I'd love to see how that works at like a you know an hd resolution i don't know if it like i'm sure the world map probably looks egregious <laughs> <laughs> on uh, like it's upscaled to hd so um well i thought they did a lot of cool things in the game with the graphics uh like when you're going through the, the tree dungeon and you're 
walking on his branches. They kind of had a bubble around you, and yeah. it showed through the branches. I really like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Like there were a few um, occasions. That I thought a lot of it looked looked really cool. Um, other than you know, it suffers from that. It's painfully obvious what I can what I can fud, you know fidget with on this map because that's definitely way brighter than everything around it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, no, uh, that's great. We'll just go ahead and score it. Um, Anderson, you first. What are you going to score it visually? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. All right. What about you, Nick? Damn it, Anderson, you ruined it. <laughs> give me it a five. Giving it a five. Um, I think you're the one that ruins it, Nick, because I'm also going to give it a four. Um, you know, I, I think they probably could have done a little better. It is limited by the hardware, so it's not enough to make me, you know, go any lower than a four. I just, you know, I think they probably could have done a little better with what they had. I'd, I'd give it a 4.5, but that would mostly just be on nostalgia, and I really don't want to base it off of that. No, it's, it's a fine score. Now on to music. Uh, again, I don't have the the clips ready. I was a little. I got I got home a little late for this one. So, um, I thought the music was great in the game. Uh, there's a lot of reused tracks, but again, it's you know it's a Game Boy card. How much how much do you want? Um, but uh, what what was there was enjoyable, and there wasn't anything that really stood out to me that annoyed me. A lot of the times, it did kind of fade to background noise, but um, other than that, like I, you know, I really had, and again, with the shortness of the game, like if it was a forty-hour game, and you reused five tracks over and over again, it would become incredibly noticeable. But since it is such a short game, a lot of the reusing of attributes doesn't feel as egregious because you're not, it's not wearing on you for forty hours. You kind of, by the time you sort of realize, okay, that's the same theme they played when this happened in the beginning, and now it's almost the end. Um, it doesn't feel. Like, by the time you notice it, you're done. And I feel like that it really helps it in this regard um, to music. Um, Nick, how'd you feel about the music? Uh, Motori Sakuraba is my favorite composer. Okay. So this is getting a five for me, and uh, that's going to be that. All right. Uh, like, there's, you cannot, any any of his work, if you, under, if you are a fan of his work, you will notice that a lot of his com- compositions share a lot of the same attributes mm-hmm. and you it'll be almost instantly noticeable that you're listening to one of his songs uh, because just the, the instruments he uses, the way he uh, I guess just formats some of the compositions, I don't know the proper term um, Arrangements? Was that? Arrangements? Yes, yes um, and it's just I can't, I can never just get enough of his stuff, like his like my favorite song in the game is when you're fighting Saturos on top of uh, the Mercury Lighthouse because it's the only time that song is played and it's it's such a, it's a different take I guess a different arrangement on the 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 boss theme and it's just my my favorite song and the combat music is great uh, like it doesn't get old to me none of it gets old to me none of it's tiring none of it becomes background noise like I can still hum the majority of tracks in my head right now so excellent. Anderson, how, tell us how you feel about the music. Uh, I love the music as well. Uh, I know that the guy who did the music for this game, he did some of the music for Bat and Kato's too, and I love the music in that game. So, um, oh, I, th- I think it's already settled who's coming back on the show when we ever get around to Bat and Kato's. Like, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Anderson. Nah, yeah, I think so too. Oh, I hope so. Oof, I was thinking of someone else, but... Uh... Uh, let's see. I really the the standard battle music I think is great. I never really got tired of hearing it over and over again. Uh, I don't know if it's because after a while I kind of tuned it out or I just love it so much. Uh, the music in some of the towns I thought you know going to a town that's all peaceful. The music I thought it fed perfectly with it. Um, I just thought it was great. Some of the boss fight music was intense. Uh, it's like when you're on top of that lighthouse and you fight um, that guy. I, can't, I can never pronounce his name correctly. Um, Satyros. Yeah, Satyros. When you fight him, that music, it's, it's, it, to me, it sounded so chaotic and intense that I thought it fit perfectly because here you are fighting the big bad guy kind of early in the game. And, um, you know, it, it lets you know that he means business. It's time to, you know, get down to it. Yeah. But, uh, 
I thought the music, you know, for the different environments fit perfectly. The overall tune I thought was great. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of noticed they reused some of the same tracks, but um, I thought they had those shuffled in there quite well. Yeah. Uh, kind of like how you said, you hear one kind of early on in the game, you hear it again near the end, and since the game is so short, you don't really care. Yep, I'm right there with you. Um, so what should you go score? Uh, I'm going to give it a five. All right. Um, I will also give it a five. There's really nothing wrong with it. Um, and I'd like to state that, you know, it, it often comes that I come down hard on music, but uh, I, I really want to reiterate how I'm playing these games. I, I There's a lot of multitasking going on in my world, and if the music's not really catching me, then I'm not going to notice it um, unless it's bad or amazing. Like, so... Um, when I say like it becomes background noise, it's not always necessarily something that's a negative to the game. It's that it, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing the game. I'm watching, you know, my daughter or I'm, you know, trying to have a conversation with somebody. I'm on the work, I'm on my work phone or whatever it ha- have you, you know, if it's not, you know, dynamite up in my face, then, you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna fade away. Um, but anyway, let's move on to Nick's favorite category, replayability. I'll go first. Um, I think this is a unique situation in which the length of the game really helps with replayability. Because if you know what you're doing, you know basically the gist of most of the puzzles, you know where to go, um, and you're really just going to mash through a lot of the conversations because you've read it a million times before, you could complete this game in a day, um, maybe a day and a half. It doesn't really require... Um, too much investment and I think pairing that with the gen system and uh, you know sort of going through it trying to play things differently really makes this game appealing to play a second or even third fourth time um, there's just enough different to do um, that I think it you know it, it really benefits from its concise nature uh, so as far as replayability, I'll give it a four. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's still going to suffer from the same things that it suffers through in its main playthrough, but you know, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's investment isn't, isn't, isn't crazy. So I could easily say, you know, I've got, you know, a 12 hour bus ride. I could beat golden sun. I'm just going to beat golden sun and I'm played a little different than I did before. So it works great for that. Um, Anderson, how do you feel about the replayability of this title? Uh, I think it's uh, pretty good uh, based on the fact that depending on what you do in this game transfers over to the second. Um, All your stats from your characters, the items they're carrying, uh, when you play the second game, you can transfer all of that right over. So it kind of wants to make you complete all the side quests. And let's say you play the game for the first time and you don't really know that's going to happen and you miss out on a few things, you could easily just say, oh, I'll just go back and play it again because it's not very long at all. And there's not a whole lot of side content, but what's there matters when you want to do the transfer over. Um, I don't know if I could see myself playing this game again just to switch up with the gins. Uh, I might load up my old save file and do some fights in the final dungeon and do it that way if, if I'm so interested in doing it that way. But um, I think re- – re- uh, I'm sorry. I'm tongue-twisted today. Uh, I think the re- replayability is, is high on this game. All right. So what would you score at 1 to 5? Uh, I'd give it a 4. A 4? All right. What about you, Nick? Where are you at? Um, I, I'm, this is probably the game that I've played over and over the most. And do you th- is that due to its length or due to it's- – it's. I think it's a, a multiple. It's multiple combinations. It's the length is pretty short. The but you've also. I feel like they they pack a lot of enjoyment, personally enjoyment in the game, and it's not a big deal for me to go through and recollect all the gin, re abuse the RNG to get all of the best weapon drops at the end of the game, and to just experience the story. Like it's like a once every year or two kind of thing where you just go in and you play it and you just enjoy it for like the 10, 12, 14, 15, whatever long hours you got to play it. Like I feel like it makes a good like travel game. Like you're going on a trip, you pick it up, you play it the whole time you're there, you're done. You get when you get home you you're you ready to play a new game. Um but 
That being said, I mean, like I want to give it a high score and replayability, but I, it's my worst category. Um, there's also, I guess, the fact that uh, you can customize your characters. You can play, you can play the game a little bit differently each time, like with the way you you run your party and stuff like that. So I guess I'll give it a four as well. All right. So let's move on to overall experience. And I'll go first. Um, overall experience, like I've stated before, is sort of like a like a expectations versus reality kind of thing for me. Um, where you know everybody's telling me Golden Sun's this great game. My wife's telling me it's a great game. Uh, you know, and I'm like I go into it with pretty high expectations. And I think it for the most part it lived up to it. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that disappointed me about it. Um, you know, it's a game that I've owned for for since fucking high school but never played um because when i bought my game boy i basically bought the game boy in like 20 games all at one time from one dude and so uh, you know i've had it and i just uh i never played it and so i'm i'm glad that i've i've played it and uh you know sitting back looking at it i really wish this game hadn't been for the game boy i really wish uh they had made this a console title for say the the GameCube or, um, you know, if it was specifically intended to be a Nintendo title for the GameCube or for some other console, like put it on a mainstream console, combine this and its follow-up and expand on some of those systems, expand on the, uh, you know, really use the graphical capabilities of the system. And I really think it would be a game that everyone knows if that had been a thing that happened, but it's not. And I, um, I don't think it doesn't fit on uh the game boy i think it it works fine i just i just wish it could have been expanded a little more um because and i guess it's a good sign when i when i play it and i just want more i wanted more just more and so um for overall experience i'll give it a i'll give it a 4.5 you know it, it wasn't it wasn't without its its hiccups but generally i found myself enjoying myself um anderson how do you feel about the overall experience I'm kind of on the same level with you. Um, if it wasn't on the Game Boy, it could have been better. And, you know, the graphics, music uh, part of the game. But I'm kind of glad it is on the Game Boy because I feel like there's already a, a ton of great titles on the other systems. And this this helps the Game Boy get some uh, uh, amp in it, I guess. It's a great title for it. The length is perfect for a Game Boy title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the fact that you know you beat the game, you know you got another game right after it, that um, it's just better and and story and all that. And it's just it's hard to talk about this game without bringing up the sequel because they made the game in mind uh, that it was just going to be one game, but they had it, to split it into two. It does feel, I do get the feel, It's it kind of almost feels like half a game. And I don't want to penalize it for that because it is a limitation of the hardware. And that's mostly why I say it would have felt better as like a console title or you know maybe on a different handheld system or uh, like like the the like the PSP like if it had been a PSP title and um I'm pretty sure they had the ability to use like multiple UMDs for one t- for one game um I think like make it one game you know maybe multiple UMD um title or something like that I just feel like combining it it wouldn't have felt as hollow at the end as it did for me but yeah. you know, I think that's that's just a you know that's that's something that has more to do with the the console than the game itself, and I don't want to penalize it too much for it. Yeah, I don't either. I think um, given you know what they had to work with, I think they did an outstanding job. Um, I think it you know it probably was a good thing that they had to split it into two games on the Game Boy. Um, I mean, you play this game and you can tell they really put a lot of effort into it because. Um, when people, when someone mentions to me, you know, like, well, what's a good RPG to play? Uh, I tell them Final Fantasy Tactics, then Golden Sun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if I had to give it a score, I'd give it a five out of five. All right. What about you, Nick? Where are you at? Um, I'm also giving it a five. It's, I feel like this is one of, if not the best games that was ever released on the Game Boy. And what? Not uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. <laughs> <laughs> that was an abomination, a bastardization of the great series. I could feel it. Fuck I could, FTA. I could, 
All right, continue. And sorry. The night just got me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty ass game. Got oh you. man. If, we, if I'm not, if you say overplaying oh, that, I'm not playing it. Why? It's not that we have played worse games for this show than that game. Yes, but I I have such a revulsion to that game that I will literally just be mad the whole time. Get on the show through like fuck this game. That's my review. It won't be the first time you've done that. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like this game, it's just it's. I feel like it has a has a potential to be a classic. Be a classic if it had gotten a bigger audience. And I feel like in a lot of circles, it is a classic. Like everybody that I knew in middle school had the game. We all played it, and we we even did the link battles in the arena and everything together. And we all customized our teams. We all had a good time doing that. And I feel like if they put this on consoles, like an actual legit console title with multiplayer capabilities, that there'd be like a like a decent. <laughs> Nicole just hit me in the eye with a goddamn blanket. Goddamn it! Um, She's been the like... one that's been controller masturbating in the background the whole time. Click 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 yes. click 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 click. click. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I feel like there'd be like a little community that pop up around that. I'd play the hell out of it, just fight people, like kind of like how. Pokemon is a little competitive. Uh, you customize your team, you do different things. Obviously, it's a bit limited because you only have a limited party, but uh, I guess I'll stop rambling. Uh, I guess it's enough to say that I bought this game. I bought three copies of this game because it got stolen twice. Wow. So, wow. All I right. also bought three Game Boy Advances for this game. So. Oh, my God. All right. Well, time for quick choir questions. Uh, we'll roll through these real fast. I think one of them might take a minute, but anyway. Uh, first one, Nick, favorite dungeon? Uh, Venus Lighthouse, or it's Bobby Lighthouse, it's whatever you want to call it. All right. Anderson, favorite dungeon? Uh, I'm going to go with the one with the monsters throwing up, just because that when you stop and think about it, you're running around where there was just a bunch of vomit. It's just disgusting, and I thought that was great. I enjoyed the tree bo- the tree dungeon because I liked how it was layered, and the whole point was to fall down to the bottom. I thought that was cool. Um, number two, uh, if you could choose... An adept family to be a part of, which one would you like to belong to and why? Nick. Jupiter, because they are the most powerful. Because you get mind control, you get like mind reading, you literally can do all kinds of potential things where it counts. Like Venus, like you get earth powers, fire, you get fire powers, Mercury, you get healing powers. None of that shit matters in the grand scheme of things when you can literally manipulate people to do what you want them to do. All right, Anderson. Uh, I'm going to have to say Jupiter, too, because, you know, yeah, you, they're just so overpowered in the world. They can see the future. They can read people's minds. I think they have telekinesis. I'm not sure. That might be in the second game, but they're just so overpowered compared to Venus and Mars. Um, you know, they just, they're just strong, and Mercury, they can heal. So i got to go with Jupiter on that one as well. I will choose any of them because I would like to have magic. All right, number three, favorite <laughs> boss. Nick, favorite boss? Satoros on top of Mercury Lighthouse. All right. Anderson? Uh, this is a tough one. I don't know if I really have a favorite boss. Uh, I'll probably go with Satoros as well just because uh, when you fight him, he's so intense, and you beat him, and then there's like 20 minutes of dialogue after that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with that one as well. That was a great fight. I will echo that answer because it's awesome theme, awesome fight. Moving on. Number four. If this game was made into a movie, who would play the starring roles? Nick, go. I'm not even going to answer this because <laughs> I don't even know. I, this is one of those things where you'd have to think about it for a little bit, I guess. Well, if somebody looked at the show notes, you would have had an hour to think about it. I really don't care about it, that honest, honestly. Uh, all right. Anderson, what do you got? Who's going to star in your Golden Sun movie? Uh, let's see. Um, well, if I want to make it a comedy... Uh, well, let's just say I'm going to go with Ben Affleck and uh, uh, whoever the other guy who is always with them. I can't remember his name now. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Like me, or Isaac and Garrett. Um, and then after that, I don't really, don't, I really don't care who else you put in it. I choose. I want the Broken Lizard guys to make uh, the Golden Sun movie because that would be great. All right. <laughs> uh, five favorite playable character, Nick. Uh, Isaac, I guess. All right, Anderson. Uh, playable character. Um, 
I guess I'll say Ivan because it feels like there's a lot to do with Ivan, you know, more than Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick a favorite non-playable character, I'd pick Alex. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of got that dark and brooding thing going for him. I, I would choose Garrett because he's like two times the size of everybody else on the goddamn battle screen. And that's my <laughs> oh, character of archetype. Of brute. Of course I would. Uh, and number six, how easy was this game to masturbate to? Nick? 10 out of 10. All right. Anderson? Uh, 10 out of 10. I, I don't really think it was that easy, so I'm going to give it like a 2. Uh, yeah, right. you ask this question every time, and then you always say the same thing. Well, it's not that easy to masturbate to this game. It's a well, game. I, well, that way it'll be really exciting when I finally find one that I can really, I can really lay into. We'll, just, we'll play some hentai or some ecky games or something like that. Some visual novels for you. There you go. All right, so let's let's go ahead and wrap it up. First off, I'd like to say uh, thank you, Anderson, for coming on this show. Um, Thanks we, for having me. Yeah, you know, was a- I, I love being on this show, talking with you guys. All right, we uh, we we will have him back in the future. I think he's already scheduled for another one later this season that we have not revealed yet. So we keep that little hush hush. Um, he will be back. Uh, if you want to tell Anderson how great he did or how poorly he did, head over to the forums and pick on him there. Um, I still have. I've got two call to arms this week. First up, uh, the Miss RPG uh, contest. If you go over again, go over to our forums. Um, the, the show post for last episode, episode 33, the nominations there, um, I outlined what I would like everybody to do for the second portion. And essentially what we're going to do is we have our list of, um, contestants and the next portion is the talent portion. So, um, there are three ratings that I would like everyone to give the contestants or however many contestants you feel like giving a rating to and um, kind of brief explanation why. And we will randomly pull those ratings to serve as a third judge during the talent portion of the show. So if you'd really like to see one of your favorites continue on, make sure you go on there and give them your rating or, you know, view it as a guest and send me an email if you don't feel like posting as a guest but you're more than welcome to post as a guest but we really like you making an account and talk to us um uh, hey can i jump in here real quick sure uh last episode um when you chose who you wanted to have in it um i kind of figured my nomination wouldn't make it i just kind of thought one up but uh her name is actually pronounced shella oh. from bat and kato's oh, well, well. i can't remember what you said but I, I when i heard it i just busted out laughing because that's the same way i, I used to think it was pronounced when i first saw it I couldn't tell you unless I pulled up the show notes for that that episode and read it read it again. But anyway, um, yet yeah, make sure you do that. And then the call still out there for anybody that's looking for some paid uh, like art uh, like commission work. Just get in contact with me the, the show email and I'll um, get back with you on that. So let us pull up the sexy sexy ska music. Boop do 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 do. All right. So, make sure you check out our home on the web at therpgshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at therpgpodcast. Um, you can go to our forums. That's on the website. You can do a bunch of stuff and talk to us. Oh, email us, podcast at therpgshow.com. Make sure you check out our friend Retro Kel and James over at the Is It Worth It podcast part of the retro rpg podcast oh boy there's some other things some what what oh leave us a rating and review on itunes each one counts and we love you for it that's right the dirty way um i I don't really i can't think anything else there's probably some other stuff that i'm forgetting to talk about but until next time say goodbye everybody bye everybody bye everybody Whew, that was sloppy. (laughs) Sloppy.